One of the other things uh, Adam Grant talks about is the importance of if you want your kids to read, they need to see you reading. And yeah, I think more than, goes more than you read to them, they need to see you reading. And I think with managers too, show them, talk to them, show them the books that you're reading. Maybe create a, uh, a, a little mini library in the office and let people borrow those books because you, that's, that's self-direction, that's self-teaching. And let, let the people see a book on your desk at all times and let them see that change so it's not always the same book to demonstrate that you are reading additional books. Welcome to the Manage Self Lead Others Leadership Podcast with Nina Sunday for experienced and aspiring people managers. This show will help you explore ways to become a more intentional leader. Each episode, host Nina Sunday speaks with some of the brightest business minds on the planet who share a passion to elevate and transform teen culture. Workplace culture hides in plain sight. Is yours flourishing? Join the movement to make your workplace a better place to work. Are you ready? Because it's time to manage self, lead others. Hello and welcome to the Manage Self, Lead Others podcast. I'm your host, Nina Sunday, and this week my guest is Randy Mayu and member of the C-Suite Network. We're both celebrating the launch of the C-Suite bestseller list, which the link is in the show notes, and by taking a few titles from both the C-Suite bestseller list and Randy Mayu's 15-minute book synopses to have a short conversation on each. So we've got six books tonight. Do you know that there's too many books and too little time to read the best of the best? Well, my guest, Randy Mayu, has the solution. Randy reads them for you. So go to 15minutebusinessbooks.com and 15 is 15, the digits, and the link will be in the show notes. There are two book synopses of business books every month prepared and presented by Randy Mayu. The first Friday of every month. Now, if you're in the United States, it's 7 a.m. Central Time. He does it in person in Dallas as well. So if, you, if you're a Texan, you can actually uh, be, be at the event and then streaming live on Zoom. And Randy and I selected six business bestsellers to discuss with a view to urging you to either purchase the synopsis or purchase the book. Or heck, why not do both? Links to all the books are in the show notes, and we've also got a free gift for you as well. Welcome, Randy Mayu, and tell us about the six books we're going to be discussing tonight. Uh, Nina, first of all, thank you for having me. I love reading books, and I love helping people discover what's in them. Um, I have prepared synopses handouts for all six of these books, and actually, Nina, I have done 600 different book synopses in the 25 and a half years that I have done that. So the books we're going to be briefly discussing tonight are Right Kind of Wrong by Amy Edmondson, Elon Musk by Walter Isaacson, Mindset by Carol Dweck, Hidden Potential by Adam Grant, Atomic Habits by James Clear, Impact Players by Liz Weissman. And I just want to say, Randy, you are doing such a great service because, look, I am an avid reader anyway, but knowing what to read sometimes is the trick. And we don't always have time to go to the book reviews, even to the bestseller lists. But the synopses draws you in. You go, I really want to read more about this. So I really recommend 
that people uh, register for this and, uh, uh, you know, get, get these book synopses. Let's uh, talk about the first one, which is very fascinating, the one about Elon Musk. Okay. Well, let me let me first say from what you just said that they have discovered through studies that the average business person only reads four books a year, four books a year. So if I present 24 and people get to read through these and even listen to my presentation, it's like getting 20 extra books yes. for the average person. Number two, uh, people read a book but they don't know how to pull out the best key points. And, and I provide that. I provide the key highlighted passages. And then I end with my own lessons and takeaways. So it, it's really like studying a book rather than a casual reading of the book. So, so what do you want to ask me about Elon Musk? Oh, well, um, what what's really interesting? What came up to me? I, I I liked some of the stories that came up. I I forgot that he was involved with the development of PayPal, and he always has this incredible big picture, which is he didn't want to just work on PayPal on having a good um, you know financial uh, package. He wanted to completely change the financial system, and he thought X was a great name to do that with. So yeah. he's always got this, he didn't really want to run a business, but he knew that if he didn't learn about business, he would end up working for someone else. So he realized for him to do what he wanted to do, he needed to become a CEO, even though that's not what he wanted to do in the in the beginning. Those are the two fascinating things that popped out at, out at me. Yeah. And I didn't have to read the book. I just had to read the synopsis to, to get those two uh, <laughs> snippets. So tell us, well, what let me, you like let me, to tell us? Yeah, yeah let, let me say first that Walter Isaacson, who wrote this book, has also written biographies of Steve Jobs, which I've presented, and Benjamin Franklin, and Albert Einstein, and um, Henry Kissinger. He is a prolific biographical writer. And, and he really does say that Elon Musk and Steve Jobs are different than other people just different. And so you are exactly right. Elon Musk starts something, but always has a bigger picture. He's not interested in building rockets that go into space. He's interested in literally living on Mars. I mean, <laughs> literally. And so he has started SpaceX for the purpose of taking a colony to the planet Mars. Um, he is, you may not be aware, and this is not in the book, but he is wanting to turn X, which was Twitter, which he bought, which has not gone well compared to his other endeavors, but he wants to turn that into a new version of alternative to banking. So he wants to yes. find a way to turn X into an alternative to banking. So those are some of the things about him. Uh, but here is the key element of what makes him different. He looks at a problem and figures out a way to fix it. And then he figures out a way to fix it with the fewest possible people who work incredibly long hours. He is not well-liked one-on-one 
He is he is uh, not great at soft skills, but he gets things done. And that's one of the key findings in this book. So yeah, so that's those are some thoughts. There, there were some connections between Steve Jobs and uh uh and Elon Musk in that uh that a lot of people don't like them, uh, but they they do get things done and they have these these incredibly different uh, uh, approach to everything. And he was an innovator even as a, as a young man because uh, he, I remember the story about Yellow Pages. He, they worked out with the Internet Revolution, which comes only once in a lifetime, they managed to do a directory that included directions, map directions to get to the location. And so uh, I think the, the editor of the Toronto Star said, like, belittled it and said oh look it won't replace the yellow pages well guess what <laughs> something else it replaced totally the did. yellow pages <laughs> yeah Very and similar. he nina he was the first person to do that he created the finding a way to enter an address and it shows you a map automatically Which i mean google, he, he google ended up he, doing yeah but he created it first and so yeah. it's really remarkable uh the other story that's really profound to me is he went to Russia to purchase rockets and they were charging him a fortune. So he said, we're not going to buy these rockets. And he got on the plane with his small team and flew back. And while his team slept, he got on his computer, figured out on a spreadsheet, figured out how he could build rockets from scratch better than buying them from Russia. He literally is a self-taught I'm not exaggerating, rocket scientist. Yeah. He read he read the encyclopedia as a boy, and he, he's able to self-teach himself on basically any subject. There, so that's there, one there of the is, There is a term for that, an autodidact. In other words, yeah. the, the ability to, to teach themselves. So he is like beyond genius. <laughs> and On that, yes. Yeah. So, so what's the bottom line with uh, reading Elon Musk? What, what, what will the reader get out of that? Will it inspire them to uh, self-teach themselves things that they they want to learn and not be not be passive around about things, to be proactive? Uh, yeah, I think that that one of the key findings is his incredible work ethic. He works so diligently. And so many great business leaders have the Tom Brady, uh, Simone Biles work ethic, you know, from, from the athletic arena. They work so diligently. And so that's one thing to take out of this book is he works until he gets it done. And that's a critical factor. And we're going to find this little thread coming in some of the other books, like uh, Liz Wiseman's book, Impact Players. She talks That's about correct. the difference between typical contributors and impact players. So Elon Musk is definitely an impact player. And also this second book that we're going to talk about, Adam Grant's Hidden Potential. That's definitely, uh, you know, one of the areas of, of, you know, showing personal initiative and also the importance of companies teaching their people character skills, not just the technical skills of fin finance and accounting and, uh, you, you know, you know, tech, te technical things about their role. It's building character. So tell us more about what, um, 
what Adam Grant talks about, the importance of, of how you grow. Yeah. Well, first, let me say that Adam Grant is is a wildly current popular writer. Uh, he's written Think Again, which I think is actually his best book. And it says, if you accept something from the beginning, you don't rethink it and reponder it, and you don't think again and consider how you might be wrong, then you're going to end up off target. So that's from his book, Think Again. Um, the best story from this book, Hidden Potential, in my view, is the inner city middle school chess team. Oh, They're yes. called the Raging Rooks. And, and right. what happened was this, this inner city students who really would not be viewed as, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be blunt about it, chess team material, you know. And, and this coach, his name is Maurice Ashley, started teaching his players. And he didn't teach them in the same way as usual chess teachers. He didn't start with the beginning of a game. He started with the end of a game on right. how you won, and he worked backwards. And so this inner city chess team ended up winning the championship. And so the point of his book is that if you will work with people and help them discover what it is they can do, their hidden potential with the right coach, with the right teacher, with the right opportunity will flourish. So, so they've got the potential. You've got to draw it out of them. And I think it's a wonderful book to do that. Um, and we're going to find that that really mirrors uh, what Carol Dweck is talking about in mindset. So that we'll be getting right. to that. Uh, that's right number six so oh and actually he does refer to carol dweck uh in his book so he's saying recently demonstrated a growth mindset alone does little good without scaffolding to support it so that's right yeah you, you, is it, can you elaborate on that well you, you've got to it's not just a work ethic it's not just a mindset, and we will talk about the mindset in a moment, but it is the undergirding of people helping each other. And that's part of the scaffolding. And so he tells the story in Hidden Potential of the first Black United States Naval officers. They were called the Golden 13. And th they had the chance, they were chosen to be potential naval officers decades ago before that was done. And none of them knew enough to make it on their own, but they literally said, hey, you know this, you teach us. And hey, you know this, you teach us. And they taught each other to make sure that they all passed the exams and made it. And so that's the scaffolding is they helped each other and they made it to the officer corps and every black officer since then, and really every woman officer, because there weren't many of those, has them to thank for the work they did in building each other up and helping them discover their potential. And that's peer-to-peer -peer learning and peer-to-peer -peer support as well. And one of the other things uh, Adam Grant talks about is the importance of if you want your kids to read, they need to see you reading. And yeah. I think more than, goes more than you read to them, they need to see you reading. That's, that's right. That's right. Don't tell them you have to read books. You read books. So they, that's right. they so they're modeling that behavior. And I think with managers too, 
show them, talk to them, show them the books that you're reading, maybe create a, uh, a, a little mini library in the office and let people borrow those books because you, that's, that's self-direction, that's self-teaching. And let, let the people see a book on your desk at all times and let them see that change so it's not always the same book to demonstrate that you are reading additional books. Yeah, that's fabulous. Um, the next book, one of my favorites, Amy Edmondson, The Right Kind of Wrong, about psychological safety. Professor Edmondson coined the phrase psychological safety way back in 1999 with one of her early books, Teams. And I've been uh, a follower of her work for some time. So this is an amazing read, The Right Kind of Wrong. She talks about um, intelligent failures. And I'm not sure I've really grasped the full concept of that. Do you want to tell us a bit more about learning from failures, but the difference, there are, there are good failures and, and there are intelligent failures. Before we hear the answer to that question, let me take a moment. Too many books to read, too little time. Under pressure to get through tons of reading that just keeps pouring in. If you ever wanted to unlock the superpower of speed reading, then you might like to find out more about my Speed Reading Academy for my online on-demand speed reading training. It works like a charm. Imagine how many books you can get through when you double or triple your reading rate without loss of comprehension or enjoyment. Over the last few decades, more than 100,000 managers, professionals, knowledge workers, salespeople and students from Australia and New Zealand have participated in my speed reading program, either for a private company group or public programs, and now as an online course over two and a half hours that you can take in the comfort of your home or office. What makes my course different? One, it's tested and proven. In this program, you gain the advantage of my decades of experimentation, creating a better speed reading course that works so you too can become a master. In our live workshops, most everyone increases their current reading rate by three to 10 times, but what can you expect in a condensed online course? Mostly people triple their reading rate, some reaching six to 10 times, and just about everyone at least doubles. Two, it's step-by-step. Step. It's easy to complete each module in order with me on video cheering you on as if I'm right there in the room with you. Three, you do the drills in your own reading material. The first module guides you on how to calculate your reading rate. Four, you can complete it in one sitting or spread one module a day over a few days. However, let me say this. Module four is where we do some heavy lifting. With two videos, a little over 30 minutes each, I urge you to set aside a focused one hour just for this module. And how about a promo code just for podcast listeners to gain a 50% discount? Write this down. Your promo code for podcast listeners is my name as one word, Nina Sunday. Now go to brainpowertraining.com forward slash go to find out more and get started. And the link is in the show notes. Now back to my conversation with Randy Mayu. Let me say, first of all, 
that this book, Right Kind of Wrong, won the Financial Times Business Book of the Year Award, which has a large cash award. And she beat out Elon Musk and the coming wave. And uh, I forget the others, but but it's really quite a remarkable achievement. Her earlier book, The Fearless Organization, if yes. if, if if anyone is, is wanting to really delve into this, I would read The Fearless Organization and then follow it up with Right Kind of Wrong. Um, she tells a story about some some medical professionals who uh, the issue was, will they acknowledge their mistakes? And and her first finding was that that there was a group that that did not have any mistakes or very many. But the reality is they weren't sharing their mistakes with one another. The essence of psychological safety is that you feel free to share your failures and they're not going to reject you. And that way you help each other correct the failures. That's the right kind of wrong. That is the science of failing well. Hmm. When people are afraid to say, I failed here, then they hide their failures and the team does not correct them. And that's a disaster. That's right. And and it's all about catching mistakes early in the piece because they can cascade into a catastrophe. Yes. So yes. the thing is, if you catch these early mistakes and don't belittle people, in fact, there was a, a, an example of nurses, if they gave the wrong medication, needing to hide it because I, they'll either be... Uh, you know, put suspended or or you know lose their job or or be made to feel like a two year old. So it's all about taking time to find out uh, how did that mistake occur. She talks, uh, I think, I think it was, uh, I think it was her book, the importance of checklists. Yes. 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 Because checklists for for standard routine uh, uh, functions means that it, it it reduces the the uh, the the likelihood of error and that that can really be helpful because I notice when I'm working with different companies I'll ask how many people is this process have you got a checklist for it they go oh no people just know what to do well new people don't know what to do that's right <laughs> and in the pressure of things if you don't have a checklist you'll forget something uh two two quick comments here Nina one is that is that she discovered that better teams report more failures. Yes. And and so she wondered, do better teams have more failures? And what she discovered was the better teams report them, whereas the, the poorer teams hide them. And, and the so, better teams are more innovative. Now, if you're innovating, right. you're going to have a bit of trial and error, although she talks about trial and error being a misnomer. That's right. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, uh, you are exactly right about checklists, and the Bible on checklists is a book called The Checklist Manifesto by Atul Gawande. I presented that book years ago, and it is a really terrific book. Atul Gawande uh, basically created the surgical checklist. Oh. So he is a medical doctor. He's a researcher, remarkable writer. 
And that book, The Checklist Manifesto, is really a must read for anybody who's working on projects. So Because on a good day, you'll remember it, but we all have bad days. And that's when that's you right. third of the checklist, you don't even have to think. I, I, I liked one of her uh, phrases. It's a paradox, and I think it has relevance for AI. Unfortunately, most warning systems do not warn us that they can no longer warn us. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great quote. <laughs> so um, not all failures qualify as the right kind of wrong. So what, what are the failures that don't uh, serve us? Um, any failure that you don't acknowledge and then tackle and learn from. Right. If you if you do, if you try to keep it hidden, if you're so proud of yourself that you cannot wow. admit you have failed, then that is the wrong kind of wrong. You, yes. You've got to say, we failed here. And by the way, Elon Musk is a practitioner of that. Yes. Elon Musk intentionally plans his first version of a rocket ship, his first two or three to explode and crash so he can figure out why they did so that by the fourth one, it's ready to go. So, well, um, I didn't know that because yeah. we see SpaceX crash and we go, oh, it's 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 a good thing. <laughs> it, to him, it's a good thing because he says the fastest way to learn how things work is to see where they fail and correct it. So so I think that Amy Edmondson would agree with the concept that any failure that you don't learn from is a bad, wrong failure. All right, moving on to the next book, Atomic Habits, James Clear. A lot of people yeah. are reading this, and if you haven't read it, get started. So um, you know what I loved? I loved his exploration of marginal gains and the yeah. British cycling team. And I'll tell you something, I, I only found out about marginal gains when I, I'm an avid watcher of the Tour de France race, Okay. And, and the, the year that the British won, well, they won five out of seven, but one of the years that the British won, just the, uh, it was just one of the uh, announcers saying, oh, yes, it's all because of marginal gains. And it went over my head. And then the second time, another, the other presenter said, yes, marginal gains really made the difference. I'm going, what is this marginal gains? And beautifully, James Clear talks about it in his book, which is about this plus 1% make every day improving every little thing by 1%. So uh, tell us about uh, James Clear's atomic habits and how we can improve one habit at a time. Well, the first thing to say about this book is the New York Times puts out a monthly business bestsellers list. Uh, the C-suite list is a nonfiction list. So it's it's not just business books. But the New York Times does have a business bestsellers list, 10 books every month, every month. Atomic Habits has been number one in practically every month, including this month, since the early days of the pandemic. And I think that what happened was people in the pandemic, when they were confined to their home, started working on, and this is the thing to remember, getting rid of bad habits and building good habits. And the marginal gains uh, in the British cycling team, for example, 
they learned that they needed to keep the bicycles in a pristine van covered because any little speck of dirt could slow them down. So getting rid of every speck of dirt was a marginal gain. And you search for a tiny margin and improvement in everything that you do. So and they that's painted the, the vans white so they could see every speck of dirt inside the van. <laughs> that's exactly right. And so this idea of incremental improvement is you have to ask, what can I do to get better and then better after that? And there, there's a, a famous concept from an economist named Richard Taylor or Thaler. I don't know how to pronounce his name. T-H-A-L-E-R. He won a Nobel Prize in economics. He wrote a book called Nudge, N-U-D-G-E. Uh-huh. And, and you make a little nudge. For example, if you were to take the rounding up of the dollar whenever you spend money and save that rounding up automatically, that's a nudge that builds your savings. So this book, Atomic Habits, very much speaks of those kinds of nudges where if you do this a little bit, you will keep getting better. And because so, he talks about it as a compounding process. That's and correct. So the outcomes uh, accumulate so that over time it, it, it leads to staggering results. So it's this compounding nature that, that really happens if you're doing this bit by bit improvement every day. Yeah. And let me mention that this book is really terrific, but it is primarily on personal habits more than corporate habits. Yes. There is a book that he mentions by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit. And that book has a great story about corporate habits. It's a story about Alcoa aiming for safety. But if I were working on habits, I would read these two books together, The Power of Habit and Atomic Habits. Number five. Actually, this was one of my favorites, as it turned out. This is Liz Wiseman, Impact Players, um, How to Take the Lead, Play Bigger and Multiply Your Impact. And not only that, she's a researcher and advisor, uh, and she teaches leadership around the world, but she wrote another book called Multipliers, How the Best Leaders Make Everyone Smarter. Gee, I want to get that book too. (laughs) They're both excellent. They're both very good. And Multipliers was written for leaders. Right. This book, Impact Players, is written for participants, for team members who are not the leader. She says, when you are the best person to lead something on a team, you lead But then you step back when somebody else is better to lead another piece of the effort. And it is the fact that you step up when you need to and you step back and follow a different leader. When that works perfectly, it's a terrific book. I I like how she's able to uh, list the character traits of impact players versus typical contributors. So impact players will have a problem solver mindset. They see challenges as opportunities. They're energized by messy problems. Change is intriguing, not intimidating. And they wear opportunity goggles. That's one of her findings. And she says 
that when you look for the opportunity and find it, you are now contributing in a bigger way to make a better impact. So mm. the book is all about making the best impact you can in the work you're doing. It's a terrific book. And for those of that you of you that are listening, please do listen right through to the end because one of the best books is that is at the end. But also to remind you, there there are some free gifts. If you go to the show notes, there are some free gifts, some free synopses you'll be able to uh, uh, download. Um, she talks about the typical contributor mindset. So this is the the other side of the coin and the, the, the behaviours that are credibility killers, such as having an avoidance mindset. So that what's that? Seeing a problem and going, I, I didn't see, I saw nothing. Not my problem. Yeah, not my problem. Yeah, that's a yeah. big problem. Um, waiting for the boss to tell them what to do. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had that with some junior assistants. I'll go in, and I think, gee, they uh, they haven't sort of said anything for a little bit. I'll go in. They're sitting there waiting for me to just turn up instead of saying, Nina, I finished that. What else do you want me to do? Well, yeah. those people don't stay for very long. Let me tell you, because they yeah. they just kill their credibility. But the other big one is that uh, typical contributors don't consider the big picture. So That's right. impact players think about the big picture. So they're able to uh, spot the unintended consequences of taking a course of action. Yeah. And let me say, Nina, that people who aspire to rise in any way need to read some books that are bigger picture books, not about their job right now, but what their job might become and what the big issues are, because the big picture really matters. So she's high on that. You're exactly right. And she talks about high performing people who are low maintenance. In other words, people that don't go, run to the boss with a gripe every time. In fact, you know, it, the number of times people will complain, oh, that's not my job. It's like, yeah. excuse me, do you really want to keep this job? Yeah. Um, Nina, there's a new book by Admiral William McRaven called The Wisdom of the Bullfrog. And he has a chapter on a motto from, I think, the army, sua sponte, of your own accord. And what it says is the people who are most valuable see a job that needs to be done they don't ask anybody's permission. They just do it to get it done. It is of your own accord. And that would be very much a compliment to this book, Impact Players. Hmm. There was a curious uh, uh, qu quote, which is, we can under-contribute by over-contributing. Yeah. And I immediately yeah. thought of sometimes these uh, fast uh, loud talkers in meetings who dominate the conversation and don't allow or even defer to the others that I don't know what I think they think they know so much and other people yeah. because they're not saying anything don't know anything and honestly they can they can really you know top you know topple over or take people down the wrong path if they don't what is it if they don't realize they have two ears and one mouth some people yeah. just have one two mouths and one ear google has a rule 
that they somebody writes down everybody's name in a meeting and they put a check mark beside the name every time they speak. And if the check marks are not about equal, they've not had a good meeting. They do the last book. So that that and Carol Dweck's mindset is such a classic. T- tell us about its history on the bestseller list. It must have been there for years. Well, it, 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 here's more importantly than how long it's been a bestseller, which it has been. There are two books that are that I see quoted in other books more than any other books. One of them is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. And the other one is this book, Mindset. It is referred to by so many authors. And, and if you're not aware, here, here's the point of mindset. Carol Dweck says that teachers, coaches, employers look at some people and say, this is how far they can go and they can't go any further. That's a fixed mindset. And she says, you need a growth mindset that everybody has still has room to grow. And so this is almost more of this marginal improvement. Everybody can become better. And so the point of the book Mindset is your mindset about believing that you can grow further and that others can grow further really does make the difference. I think it's it's a significant point. Okay, so we've got the free gift for uh, people and the link will be in the show notes. And what are the synopses in the uh, the free gift? Well, I've got to grab them. Here they are. All of these won the Financial Times Business Book of the Year Award. They are, and I won't get them in the right order. The World is Flat by Thomas Friedman, Rise of the Robots by Martin Ford, Chip War by a man that I don't remember his name, but it's a great book on computer chips, Right Kind of Wrong by Amy Edmondson, Invisible Women, which is about how women are invisible. And that's a terrific book. And then The Everything Store about Jeff Bezos. So those are the six books that I have presented that won the Financial Times Business Book of the Year Award. And I put my synopsis handouts in that box folder for you. That's lovely. And and so if people want to uh, start registering for your upcoming synopses, it's 15, as in 15, businessbooks.com. Minute, 15 minute businessbooks.com. And uh, and on the homepage, there's a box where you can sign up for our email list and you will get the Zoom link where you can watch from anywhere in the world. And you will then get the handouts emailed to you the day before so you can download them and follow along as I speak. And the so, Zoom link of your in-person presentation at a location in Dallas, uh, Texas, USA. It's it's a hybrid. I'm speaking in front of some people in a room and also on Zoom. Yes, I have a feeling. Uh, I have a feeling, Randy, that there'll be a lot of global people that may decide to turn up to Dallas just to come to one of your business books events. What when is it? The first what of the month? The first. First Friday, of, it's called the First Friday Book Synopsis. Yeah. So it's the first Friday every month, except an occasional July or January, depending on when January 1 and July 4 okay. fall. And then it's the second Friday. So, so he, he, if you're going to the US, head over to Dallas and say hi to Randy. Randy, you 
are a walking encyclopedia. And that is the, a big compliment in my books. <laughs> well, thank you, Nina. You've been a wonderful host and, and questioner, and I've enjoyed this very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All the best. Thanks for joining us here on the Manage Self Lead Others podcast. I'm your host, Nina Sunday. My guest this week was Randy Mayu, member of the C-Suite Network. We were celebrating the launch of the C-Suite bestseller list as well, Randy uh, does book synopses too every month. So we've got a free gift for you in the show notes. So make sure you go there to get the link and you can download six uh, business synopses uh, free of charge. It was a pleasure talking to Randy Mayu today. And until next time, enjoy good things. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.